and we're live all right it's <laughs> hebrews episode six yeah welcome back guys we're yeah. here we're back with the uh, same mugs how does jesus make his coffee he brews it my I favorite got, mug and i got my i'll be back maybe i'll have something new next week but <laughs> i've i've come to like this mug a lot actually yep. <laughs> our favorites right, i'm gonna give our layout for this episode i have a mosquito butt on my back so i'll keep itching it but anyways i'm gonna try to Nothing about it. Uh, PE is going to lead us through Hebrews chapter 2, a devotional, in a second. Now, but let me give us our, our layout. Our podcast is actually headed in a new direction. We had a discussion mm. and uh, with a little bit of thought and prayer, uh, we decided that we would actually fit our podcast under this theme. Uh, and the theme is, this is ministry. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about uh, ministry for those of you who are Uh, curious about ministry for those of you who are interested in ministry for those of you who just want to know more about ministry or i want to hear some funny stories testimonies while we're serving in ministry or even maybe for for some of you who are in ministry right now uh, we thought this would be really helpful for you guys to actually uh, hear uh, but also for anybody just in general in church uh, who wants to get a gain a general uh, deeper understanding and insight into ministry and what it's like Mm. Uh, maybe grow your appreciation for those who are called to serve uh, but today we're going to be talking about calling to ministry. We're going to, we're going to share testimonies. We're going to talk about a couple other things that have to do with ministry. Right. Um, but that's going to be fun. And then our secondary segment, we're also going to be a little more consistent with this. Uh, we're going to talk about a mission spotlight. Uh, PE has a story for us. And then we're going to talk about something relating to Christian news. Because I think it's important for us as Christians to, as people in general, to be aware of what's happening in the world. Right. Uh, but we're going to give it a little bit uh, a different perspective. We're going to give uh, the Christian news. So uh, any news that I, I feel like Christians should be aware of, or maybe not even necessarily should be aware of, but is interesting to know. And we're going to give our little two cents on it. And then we're going to react to a sermon clip. I know one time we did a, uh, we reacted to like an influencer TikTok mm-hmm. type uh, video, but uh, this time we're going to be reacting to a little snippet of a, of a, of a preacher that I'm very fond of. And I know Me he too. is as well. Yeah. Yep. So uh, yeah, P, without further ado, all right, through the words of God. Sure. Uh, today is just going to be one verse. Is Hebrews chapter two, verse one. Hebrews chapter two, verse one. I'll just read it for us. It says, uh, "Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, uh, lest we drift away from it." Um, amen. So it says, "Therefore," so that means we have to go back to what chapter one was talking about. And chapter one uh, basically was talking about how superior the son of God, Jesus is, right? He's above angels. He is God himself. And so in light of that, uh, the fact that he is the one um, that has made a way for us to receive salvation, he says, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard. And this having heard um, has the idea of not just hearing, uh, in this case, it will be the gospel, right? To pay much closer attention means we should be meditating upon the gospel, but at the same time, it's also doing, as a sense of doing. So we're living out God's word, not just hearing it, but also living it out. And he says we should do that, uh, paying much closer attention to that, so that what? So we don't drift away from the gospel. Um, drifting away, if you think about it, is it's actually pretty easy to do. You don't have to do anything. You'll just slowly drift away. And uh, uh, the illustration I have is like, uh, if you've ever been on a boat, like a rowboat, uh, and you don't have the anchor in, uh, you just sit there and the boat will slowly drift whatever direction the water is going. 
right? Um, but what the writer of Hebrews is saying, we should meditate uh, and pay much closer attention to these things, um, meaning we should anchor down on Jesus so that we stay in one spot, so we stay rooted in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes from reading and doing God's word, uh, more specifically reading and uh, meditating upon the gospel. I think mm-hmm. a lot of Christians, they hear the gospel and, and that's how you know we receive salvation and then they think, okay, what's next? Uh, but I'm here to tell you there is no what's next. Mm-hmm. The gospel is everything. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's uh, simple enough for the unbeliever to come to know Christ and receive salvation, but it's also deep enough for the believer to uh, mature in their faith. Um, so for our viewers out there, uh, and listeners, I just want to encourage you. It's time that we pay much closer attention um, to what we have heard, the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just hear it, but also do it. Stay rooted, anchored in Christ so that we don't drift away. Because it is so easy to drift away. We lose, um, when we lose sight of God, and you know, the world is so busy. You know, I hear all the time, they're just, I ask people how they're doing. They're just like, oh, it's been so busy. Just one week just flew by, like, um, and we live in that kind of world. It's so easy for us to uh, forget and drift away. But uh, the writer of Hebrews encourages us to stay rooted, uh, anchored in Christ uh, because he is the son of God. He is uh, the one who made the way for salvation. Um, so that's just my thought today. Uh, chapter two, verse one. Hey Amen. That's a good word. I think uh, the more and more I follow Jesus, the more I realize it's not, it's not overcomplicated. The mm-hmm. simple, fundamental things are truly, um, it's everything. Like we have to go back to emphasizing reading the words of God. We have to go back to uh, prayer and the genuineness of it, the sincerity of it, and mm-hmm. our faith in the power of prayer and going back to the gospel and reminding ourselves of you know, who saved us and, and when we were called. I actually think I know what the problem is. The lighting is yellow. We can continue after this, but I think it's supposed to be white. I'm blinded. But yeah, that's a little better. All right. <laughs> Anyways, this was take two because uh, we have to fix our lighting. But yeah, thank you, PE. That was a good word. Uh, that was encouraging to me. Um, but yeah, let's talk about our callings. Uh, talking about, <laughs> speaking of, you know, simple and going back to the beginning, the origins. Uh, let's talk about our callings into, I believe, ministry, correct? Mm-hmm. I can start. Sure. Um, I'm actually serving at the church that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've never had, and I think, I hope that this is going to be uh, helpful and encouraging to some people. Uh, though the story has like, it's, it's pretty rocky. It's got its ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hope my testimony is, is encouraging to those who, who've experienced church hurt. Um, and so... I serve uh, at this church, uh, which will remain unnamed for the time being, at least, uh, with a completely different leadership, right? And so uh, this is a different leadership from the story itself. But the um, and I have to give credit where credit is due. When I when my family first came to America, you know, uh, the senior, the former senior pastor at this church. They like took us in like literally into their family. We we showed up to like their family gatherings and all these things. And so it was amazing, right? But uh our youth, like many 
uh, youth groups do, we experienced the season of not having a youth pastor. Mm. And the few that we received or that we had, they were like kind of like seasonal or like mm. they weren't they weren't planning to be there full time or um, and they weren't ill intended. Right. But they just they just never stayed long. Mm. Um, and so towards the end of my youth, uh, we just we just didn't have a youth pastor. And then post youth. Um, well, my let me backtrack a little bit. My dream before being called into ministry was to become an actor. And so that was my dream, right? I wanted to go to Hollywood. I wanted to make a name for myself. I wanted to uh, be big, right? Um, to glorify myself, essentially, right? Provide for my family and whatnot. Uh, but when I got into college and I was, as I was pursuing this dream of mine, uh, I really felt like the Lord was calling me to lead worship. And so I joined the worship ministry. And there I learned many things from discipline and uh, the joys of, of worshiping and leading worship, uh, doing ministry. But the biggest thing i learned was um like a, a joy for salvation like mm. a joy for winning over souls because i believed and i was convinced that the lord didn't call me to be a praise leader but a a worship leader teaching mm. the kids how to surrender to the lord and worship him yeah and so every single week i made it a point to have bible studies with my worship team and i'll preach the gospel mm. and long story short my prayer for, for an entire for four years straight uh, as I was serving as the worship leader throughout my years in college, was to save every single member in the worship team. And by mm. the time I left, uh, there was one person left who didn't. And then, like literally, like two weeks before I left, he gave his life to the Lord. And so I was like, "Wow, God, like you're so good." This was that was that was the final affirmation that Lord, you truly called me to to lead worship. Mm. My plan was, all right, finally, time to move on and go to you know, you know, California, Hollywood, Georgia, Atlanta, New York, whatever it was, to pursue my dreams. But then I was at a retreat, my, my final youth retreat uh, to, to lead worship there, not as a student. Um, and there was this guy, there was a guest speaker, which, which I appreciate so much. Mm -hmm. and you'll, you'll understand why in a sec. But his name was Pastor Paul. I don't know his last name, uh, but he was this very like, excited guy. And, and he had broken English, but still like we understood him well enough. Mm -hmm. And he went up there and he preached. And he had this really interesting like, uh, philosophy on at, at the very least for our retreat speaking he was like i'm gonna be speaking but i'm just a man and so like if you guys want to you guys can be laid back you can sit down on the floor you can lay down you can fall asleep if you want i'm just gonna <laughs> do my thing and we were like what the heck but like he he truly believed this and he said with that being said he said along i'm paraphrasing but he said if you guys have a question or an opposition to anything i say speak up mm. and i really appreciated that and he meant it too and I remember it was one of the nights where he was giving a sermon and he said something along the lines of like, everybody is saved. Um, they just haven't received salvation. And so it was, it was probably like a, like a, it was a hiccup, like English mm -hmm. issue. Right. But just in case, like I raised my hand cause he welcomed it. Right. So I raised my hand and he stopped the sermon. He's like, yes. And he called me like teacher Sam. Cause I wasn't a student. And he said, teacher Sam. Yes. And I said, uh, you say uh, you say that this is uh, everybody's saved, that not everyone has received salvation. But I, I basically said, but in the words of God, it says that you know you have to uh, repent, and then you will receive salvation, eternal life. And then like he, we go back and forth a little bit. I think there was miscommunication a bit, but we basically concluded with, okay, we'll talk later about it. Mm. But because I spoke up, and because of you know the little bit of influence I had over the youth, because of the four years I spent with them, and we had a new youth pastor, by the way, at this point. That's important to mention. Uh, he was brand new and he was leading this this retreat. Um, a lot of people were kind of divided and they took that kind of as like an opposition. And so mm -hmm. like people were talking after 
the the sermon like oh my gosh did you hear like uh sam like he like spoke against the guest speaker and whatnot mm-hmm. and, like even afterwards like some of the kids were asking me like what i meant and i was flipping to some places in scripture and i was like this is what i mean right but the but the new youth pastor uh, which i'll leave unnamed um he's a good guy uh, but he he felt like i was um also opposing because he brought his friend on and he felt i was opposing his authority and we had a couple like headbutts here but uh, mm-hmm. and so it makes sense and so, like, he pulled me aside and said, hey, like, you can't do this and whatnot and whatever it is. Interestingly enough, the counselors also didn't understand why I brought that question up. He was like, what he's saying made sense. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, and actually, the guest speaker the next morning after everyone that wasn't a student kind of, like, told me to, like, not speak mm-hmm. up anymore. Mm-hmm. The guest speaker himself, like, caught me, like, as we were walking to the cafeteria he said, hey, Sam, I actually really appreciate you talking, you speaking up. And he said, he asked me, hey, just, just out of curiosity, what, uh, what, do, you, what do you want to be when you're older? Like, what, what, do you, what are your you know, dreams, your goals? Mm-hmm. And I told him, I want to be an actor. <laughs> and, and much like P.E. and I, he started laughing. <laughs> and I was offended. I was like, what the heck? Like, uh-huh. I don't know this guy. Why are you laughing at me? Uh-huh. But I didn't say that. And so it's kind of like, it was kind of passive aggressive, but I was like, like, why, why do you ask, right? Like, why are you asking what I want to be? And he said, oh, it's because, you know, the way that you think is not normal. Mm. He said, it's very seminarian-like. Mm. And that's all, that's all the conversation. Like, I was so shocked that he said that, that I didn't say anything else. Mm. Now, just to preface, I, going into ministry was the last thing I wanted to do. I remember as a kid, my grandma, because I've always had like a deeper voice, my grandma, as a joke, very faithful woman, she's with the Lord now. She would, um, she would make jokes with me even as a little kid. I was like five, six years old. Like, oh, you're gonna be a pastor one day because of your voice. And I remember even as at five or six, I'd be like, heck no, like I don't want to be a pastor. <laughs> that sounds terrible. And I remember even in the eighth grade, when I uh, no, actually no, sophomore year of high school, when I first started to think like, oh, I want to be an actor. I remember at another retreat, the guest speaker was talking about. You know, what if the Lord called you? I don't even know what the theme was or the sermon was about. But I remember this one part. He said, what if God called you to be a pastor or a missionary? Mm. Would you be able to let go of your dreams, your life, and just follow him? Mm. And for some reason, I felt like that was for me. And I remember praying, God, don't call me into ministry. <laughs> I literally prayed that, that God wouldn't. And um, ever since I had that conversation with the guest speaker, and he told me that, you know, se- you know seminary and whatnot, I, I prayed another prayer. And I was like, God... If you're calling me to seminary, I need you to prove it, right? Mm. For those of you who don't know, seminary is like Bible school, basically, right? It's for, for people who want to, it's like a master's degree program for those who want to go into ministry. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I prayed that prayer, and that night, that same night, the guest speaker came up, and he actually told everybody he was wrong. He was like, I was wrong, teacher Sam was right, let me explain. And he explained, and I actually really appreciated that because everybody else was kind of attacking mm. me, right? And I was like, wow, like that shows a lot of humility to admit that even if everyone's on your side. Um, he didn't have to do that, right? Like he could have yeah. just moved on. Yeah. And then he went on to say, I feel like the Lord is calling me to preach a different sermon than I prepared. Mm. He was like, I had a different sermon prepared, but I really feel like God is calling me to preach mm-hmm. this sermon. And he talked about calling. And he preached on, and he used me as the illustration. He was like, Pastor Sam, uh, Teacher Sam just told me that he wants to be an actor. And imagine if, the, if this was a house, right? And God was using you guys as a tool to build this house. And he was like, and let's say teacher Sam was, was trying to be a screw, but he was really supposed to be a hammer. 
right? Like God can still use him to like screw a uh, screw a a nail, but like for nails, you're supposed to hammer it. And it was like this really like silly illustration, uh-huh. but basically his point was like God could have a greater purpose for you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that was kind of like the first like sign that God has given to me, like no, like I'm calling you actually mm-hmm. to like consider this and pray about it. But for me, it wasn't enough, and I was like God, um. Prove to me again, right? Show me something else. Like, I need to know for sure if you're calling me to ministry, if I'm going to do this. Mm. So I didn't tell anybody about this, but I went home from the retreat and I worked at this smoothie cafe. As I was working, this guy comes up, uh, a great friend of mine now, but he was a stranger then. His name's Vincent Song. Uh, and he, he had, a, he had a, there was a huge line behind him, but he, he asked me, he said, hey, like, do you go to church? And I was in my like tropical smoothie uniform and I was working and I was like, and I thought that was really strange. And I was like, oh, I do. Uh, I go to church around here. I serve as the worship leader. And he says, wow, you know, like I'm thinking about going to seminary. And I was like, no way. Like I literally <laughs> just prayed about this a week ago. And so even though there was a line behind him, I didn't care. And I was like, hey, can I ask you just real quick, um, like, like you're about your calling to ministry. Like, did you get called to go to seminary? Mm. And he said, you know what? I'd love to, to meet up with you. Uh, at, at later this week i have a book to give you it's about calling and he never called right i gave him my number he never called but like just simply meeting him and him bringing up seminary mm. and by the way i met him way later in seminary and mm. uh we we talked about that moment we laughed about it it was a good time and he get he guest spoke at one of our retreats uh but that was another little thing uh that i felt like the lord a per- the lord sent another person to me um but I wasn't enough. And I was like, God, I'm still not 100% sure. That could have been a coincidence. God proved mm-hmm. to me again. And uh, what started happening in the background was, was word got out. Word got back to the church that I spoke up. Even though like the guest speaker said that you know I was right yeah, and whatnot, right. the former leadership, they also felt like I was opposing mm-hmm. the leadership of the church. And so the senior pastor calls me and he said, hey, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm good. He's like, how's your family? Oh, they're good. So we had a good relationship, but <clears throat> he said, hey, like, I heard about what happened. Uh, can you explain to me from your side? And I explained to him, yeah, like, you know, I believe the words of God say that we have to, you know, test what, what any teacher or preacher says with the words of God. The guest speaker welcomed it. And so, like, I rose my hand and, you know, it seemed, and it seemed like he welcomed it and he was fine with it. He said, okay, great, sure. Like, just to, like, make sure, like, I would love to, he said, I would love to meet with you and the youth pastor and all the staff and and so he <laughs> called the meeting he called the meeting with all of the staff and me alone and so it was nerve-wracking right mm-hmm. and i was like okay now i have to tell my mom what happened and so actually my mom heard before i told her my mom called me and was like hey Chuan, like i need you to come home i need to talk to you so i come home my mom's freaking out she's like why 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 why, why is everyone talking about you like being a false teacher <laughs> like like why um like, why did you speak up? What happened at the retreat? And I explained to her what happened. And then she said, just tell me, exa- tell the, the senior pastor exactly what you told me. It'll be fine. Mm. She was like, I trust you. But I was freaking out because like now my mom knows and I'm, me- I'm literally, I'm meeting with the, the pastors mm-hmm. of the church about this thing. And, uh, and, I, and the, the former worship leader, he moved to Texas uh, to pursue his dreams as a, a dental a technician which by the way he ended up being a pastor too and i and uh i called him actually i think he texted me and he said hey how are you doing how are things how's the ministry and i was like hey young can we call and can we talk about it and i shared him all of this and i was like young i'm freaking out i'm scared right mm-hmm. 
but I, I shared with him and he was the only person i didn't tell my mom that i was, I was calling to ministry i didn't tell any of the pastors i was like young i feel like the lord is calling me to ministry but i don't know mm. and this is a guy this is a man that i looked up to that i respected who discipled me in many ways but in many ways that i feared like like i held him to such a standard that i was like oh this guy like i know that he's going to yell at me and critique me for taking you know pastoral ministry lightly and he's gonna he's gonna shut this whole thing down mm. that was my view I, I i told him that literally thinking like okay ming young is gonna stop this whole like am i being called to ministry thing and uh and he said and he, he actually doesn't remember this actually which is kind of funny uh, but he told me he was like chuan which is my korean name he said if god is calling you to ministry uh, he said, I believe that you will be used, that you will be a leader much greater than I was. And because of how much I respected this, this brother, older brother in Christ, I just started crying. And at that point, I was almost convinced. I was like, okay, God, if you're calling me to ministry, like I'll go. The next day, I meet with the pastors. And I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm like nervous. Before I go into the meeting, I think it was that weekend, actually, this guy named Pastor Mark. I didn't really have a, a, a close relationship with him, but he was the EC pastor at the time. Um, and he pulls me aside and he says, hey, I'm hearing things. Like, what happened? Like, I know you. I, knew, I know you wouldn't do some of the things I'm hearing. Mm. He says, what happened? And so I explained to him what, I hap uh, what happened. I explained to him, like, the reason why I spoke up. Because, one, he welcomed it, but also the words got promoted. And he was like, you know what? Like, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And I don't agree with what he said as a, as a mistake because it was broken English. And he said, you, 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 can be you can be confident that you have one person with you in that room that is on your side. And so I felt a little comforted going to that meeting. But we went into that meeting and uh, we prayed and the senior pastor was very friendly. And he said, let me just hear from your perspective what happened. I explained to him everything in detail. I didn't share that I was being called into ministry. And the senior pastor says, you know what, that's great. And he said, you know, the church really appreciates your ministry as the worship leader. And then he said, but I've placed this, this youth pastor um, as the authority of the youth. And he said, I cannot have you opposing his authority. And so he said, from now on, I want you to lead praise and, and praise only. No more Bible studies, no more teaching, no more nothing. But remember, wow. mm -hmm. I, I believe the Lord was calling me to preach the gospel to the, to the worship team. Mm -hmm. And so I told him. And this was crazy, thinking back on it. But I told him, um, I'm sorry, but I can't do that. I believe the Lord has called me to do more than lead praise. If, you, if you're asking me to stop preaching the gospel or teaching the gospel to these kids, sharing the gospel, then I can't. I can't stop doing that. And he said, if you don't stop, right, you have to leave the church. And so for me, I was, I was shocked because he said, if you don't sh stop sharing the gospel, you have to leave the church. And I was like, listen, like, I'll agree to, like, conversing with the youth pastor, like, partnering with him and, like, him, like, having authority even over my ministry. But, like, I'm not going to stop sharing the gospel. And then I started talking about, I feel like the Lord is calling me into ministry. And I started getting emotional and I started tearing up. And I was like, I don't even know if this is really what the Lord is calling me to do. But I feel mm -hmm. like this is, this is why this is all, all of this is happening. Mm -hmm. And then he continues to say... That's awesome, but if you don't stop, you have to leave our church. And so I was literally about to be excommunicated, right? And uh, and then Pastor Mark, the one who said that he was on my side, he 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 spoke up 
And not only did he speak up, he he was like, he blew up. Like he freaked out. He was like, I'm sorry, like stop. He literally told the senior pastor to stop. And he was like, he was like, this is ridiculous. He was, he started, and then the guys, the senior pastor started to stop him. But then he rose his voice and started yelling and said, no, you stop. And he said, I'm sorry, but this, this young man is literally saying he's being called into ministry. And, and here you are telling him to stop preaching the gospel. And he was like, we should be teaching him. We should be discipling him and preparing him. And he went off on this rant. And like, I was, I was so touched. And uh, the senior pastor just like fell silent. And then like after he was done, the senior pastor actually admitted, you know what, I think you're right. Um, and he looked at me and he said, you know what? Um, like, continue doing what you're doing, but I encourage you to be discipled by Pastor Mark. Mm. Um, and, but you also have to submit to, you know, the youth pastor. Mm. And I agreed. And the meeting concluded in this way. I walked out, Pastor Daniel, whom we know and love, he looked at me and he gave me a thumbs up and he smiled. He walked away. Uh, Pastor Mark, uh, he pulled me aside and said, um, and we were just talking, and, and I actually asked him, I was like, Pastor Mark, I don't even know what this means, but can you actually disciple me? Mm. And he was like, I would love to. And we met up for two years, uh, um, every single week, uh, usually on Fridays. Uh, and for those two years, he taught me how to read the words of God on my own, to interpret, to teach. Um, and I still keep in touch with him today, to this day. Um, and then I went home, and this is the final part. I went home, and I... Uh, I told my mom everything that happened, and I told my mom. And my mom, she's my she's my ride or die. Uh, she's she was my biggest supporter of my dream to be an actor. And if, if for those of you who know my mom, she has a really big stage presence, and so she loved the fact that some like somebody in her amongst her kids was following her mm. in her footsteps. But I told this whole story. I shared what happened at the retreat again. I shared that the, I felt the Lord was calling me to ministry. I shared that what happened in the meeting. I shared. We know what Pastor Mark did for me. And since that day, my mom has called Pastor Mark my guardian angel. Mm. And she loves Pastor Mark now. Um, but my mom, she was just silent this whole time. And I told her, yeah, I feel like God is calling me to be a pastor. Mm. And my mom, like, she started crying. And I thought she was crying because she didn't agree. But she said, I'll support you. I'll be praying for you. Yeah, let's pray about this. And she walked away. She was, I found out later she was crying because she knew, she knows how hard it is to be a pastor mm. and that she did, she couldn't, she couldn't imagine without getting emotional, you know, the life that her son was going to lead, uh, being a pastor, uh, mm. with all the grief, uh, and the stress that we go through. Um, and then my dad, he found out later from my mom, he like made jokes about it. He's like, you think being a pastor is a joke? He's like, you got to go through school. He's like, you hate school. And like, we were like joking about it. And I was like, yeah, but, but, but like God's calling me. Mm. Um, and I, I had this other, like other pastor young who like, who found out like months later when I started to doubt. Um, and because uh, like at that point I was affirmed. I was like, God, you're calling me. I'll go. And like, there was this huge piece that's like burden mm. lifted off my shoulders. And but then like shortly after I started to doubt, the enemy started attacking me, like saying, are you sure? Like God is calling you. And this young hits me up who I haven't met in a long time. He's like, hey, I heard you go, you're getting called to ministry. So let's meet up. And I told, I told him my story. And he was like, and this is what he said. And he's actually quoting from the scriptures, not in the same context, but he said, he says, Chuan, your story felt like drops of rain in the desert. And he said, because 
for six years of ministry, like I've never heard, I've, I haven't seen anybody being called to ministry. I didn't see many fruits. Mm. And he said, I actually, to be honest, I called this meeting because I knew your upbringing. And he was like, I called this meeting too so that I could like chew you out, right? And rebuke you and actually tell you to stop taking ministry lightly. Mm-hmm. And he was like, but like, I see the Lord is calling you. And so time and time again, the Lord has affirmed my calling to ministry. Like even now, and this is, this is all I'll say, but even now, like, like people who have known me will like find out that I'm a pastor, or like will hear I'm a pastor and be like, that guy? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's crazy that the Lord has called me to ministry, especially me, somebody like me. Um, but, but yeah, that was my calling to ministry. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. And here we are now, like two years, uh, actually like years later. Um, but yeah. Wow. Quite a story. Have you heard this story before? Uh, bits and pieces. I think that this is the first time hearing like all of it in its entirety. Mm. Um, uh, for me too, I think, uh you have to receive a calling in order to uh even like uh think about ministry yeah and so for me like you know i grew up in a christian home my my dad received his calling to be a pastor kind of late like um when i was like in elementary middle school and by the time he finished seminary i was i was a freshman in high school so from then on i you know i became a pk kind of late but uh after you know i graduated from uh from undergrad, my, uh, my dad found a, uh, a church that he can serve at down in Charlotte. Mm. Um, but at that time, I was unrelated to my, my, my major. I was a sociology major, but uh, I was working at a law firm in D.C. Mm. Uh, I, I thought it was like great. Uh, actually, I had no interest in law, but after working there, I was like, oh, law is actually pretty interesting. I was actually thinking about pursuing law, and I was going to start studying for LSAT. LSATs and uh, try to get into law school. Um, but at that point was when we moved to Charlotte. And in Charlotte, you know, the first year or so, it was like the worst time of my life. Like, I didn't know anybody. I'm in this like new city. All my friends are up in like Nova, Maryland area. And I'm just like, every month I'll drive up. It's like seven hours to get to, to you know, to Nova. So uh, I'll drive like seven and then um stay for like a couple weeks at my cousin's house and then like drive back down so i was doing that for a while um then finally like just out of like desperation i was just praying to god like god what do you want me to do like you brought me to this you know (laughs) this this like you know the boondocks right (laughs) to this like countryside where i don't know anybody um i can't even find like a job i'm just like god like what do you want me to do i started going to morning prayer uh and like really seeking the lord on like the direction because i was complaining to god like god i, I want to go back mm. to like to where to where you know all my friends are where i'm familiar with everything and in the midst of that i felt like um god was uh calling me into ministry and the thing was like what i was doing at the time was helping my dad um there was like five youth and i was helping just as a volunteer just um I wasn't preaching, obviously, because I wasn't a pastor, but mm-hmm. uh, I would just, uh, like, hold Bible study. I would do, like, events, like, take them to, you know, the amusement park or do, like, fun fellowship things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it started with that. But then, like, as I was seeking the Lord and, like, the, my future direction, I, I really felt like he was putting in me, like, a real big heart for the youth. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just something I could not quench. I'm like, I, I don't want 
no thank you i, I don't want to be i don't want to do youth like mm-hmm. yeah i just kept fighting it but that fire kept on growing in me yeah and even though i didn't like ask for a sign since he started pouring that fire in me like every week we would have new uh youth um to the point where in one year we went from five to 50 wow and i took that as i like, guess a sign but mm. uh yeah we went from five to 50 and uh just youth just kept on coming uh, kind of like what we're experiencing here at yeah. our current church and so i so i said god like you know I don't think I'm equipped or qualified to become pastor. I'll start praying that way. And he kept reminding me like, Hey, it's me that's doing it. Not you. Mm. And it got to a point where I was reminded of what Moses was doing, right? He kept on rejecting and then God got angry. Right. So I was like, all right, let me stop before God gets angry with me. <laughs> God gets angry with me. So I was like, okay, God, I, I you know, I'll submit. I'll, I'll go to, I'll be, I'll go into ministry. Uh, but then I didn't go right away. I guess we're going to talk about seminary too. So it's kind of segue into this, right. but um, I didn't go to seminary right away. The excuse was I'm going to save up money. So I started working like at a, as a waiter. I mean, how much can you make as a waiter? Right. Mm. But I was, that was my excuse. I just kept pushing it off. Like, God, you know, I just want to uh, save up money because seminary is pretty expensive. And, you know, I, I need to be able to pay for my education. Mm. So I kept pushing it off. And one, uh, so I was working at a place that's kind of like Cracker Barrel. Like I got the like, the porch and the, the rocking chair and like the mm. inside with all that. And uh, one day I was going to work and like all the furniture that was outside, all the outdoor furniture was gone. There were no cars in the parking lot. Uh, there was like, I, I was okay. Maybe even though I was afternoon shift, I was like, maybe something happened. I, I tried to open the door. It's all locked. There's like no <laughs> lights on inside. And late, I drove home. Uh, I was like, God, you know, if you, I found out later that they shut, they down. Sh- shut down without telling anybody. The owners just shut down because they just started it up. I guess oh, like, really? yeah, they just started this up. And uh, I think it, my theory, my theory is that they just ran out of money and mm. it's, it was not making enough money. So they okay. can sustain. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I was driving home. I'm like, if you shut down a whole restaurant for me to like <laughs> go to seminary, then okay. So I went home and I applied right then oh, wow. for seminary. I just, I just went on the computer. I applied. So I started at uh, Gordon Conwell. They have a oh, really? Charlotte branch. Oh wow! So that's where I learned Hebrew. Um, really, the, I, I love the Hebrew teacher. Like, of course, I forgot everything now. But during <laughs> that time, uh, it was really fun. She taught in a very interactive way. But I learned Hebrew uh, two years, and then I transferred over to um, you know Southeastern, so Southern Baptist Seminary, mm. and you know finished out my education there. Yeah. Um, but when I was moving because now i had to move away from my, my dad's church because before i was still able to help my dad's church while i uh, went to seminary mm. but um i just felt like god was calling me to southeastern which i don't regret it was the greatest you know experience and really good education uh, that i received but um so now i had to kind of get out of my dad's church and move on so i started praying to god like hey god like i'm going to seminary now that's like four hours away, I'm going to be there. Like, do you want me to just focus on school and not do any ministry and just do like another like part-time job, just random job? Or do you want me to uh, like serve a church while I'm doing ministry? Kind of like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, while doing seminary. Yeah, while doing seminary. Mm-hmm. So I was praying and um, some, I forget how I heard about it, but there was some like youth pastor position that was open at a church nearby so i sent an email to the the senior pastor 
gave put in my resume and I, I didn't hear back for like a week so i thought okay maybe he just rejected me uh but then at that point i was praying and god was telling me to fast he, he, he told me to fast 40 days like 40 days right and i said god are you sure <laughs> like you know i, I love food i love to eat <laughs> so uh i i, I prayed for, you know for like three, four days before I started. But then I, I felt like God was telling me to, to do the 40-day the fast. So I started. And I survived on, um, I was just drinking liquids. So like chocolate milk was a lifesaver, seriously. Like chocolate milk, chocolate milk, all, I was downing it. But So I started the 40-day the fast. And then like two weeks into the fast, I get a response from that pastor that, that I put a resume in. And he says, hey, when can you, uh, can you come on this date to preach? To the youth and during the youth service and that day was the the day after when my fast ended wow so i was like yeah i'll be there and so um i, I was preaching out of psalms i remember um and I, wow. it was my first i guess like official sermon so i like showed my dad and my mom like just to make sure the script was okay and they're like oh yeah i think it's a good sermon so i went up there uh you know preached um and then met with the senior pastor afterwards and he wasn't even in attendance at the at the youth service, but he had one of his trusted deacons kind of sit okay. in the whole time. Uh-huh. I guess they talked briefly, but after that, they interviewed me, and he said, "Hey, can you start next month?" Wow! Uh, and that'll be that was about when I had to move up anyway because I was taking a summer class. Mm-hmm. I said, "Okay, I mean it's kind of short notice, but yes, I, I I think I could do that." So I went down. I told my parents. Um, I said goodbye to my dad's church. I moved up, and then that was the first. I guess. I don't want to, like, of course, serving at my dad's church does count, but mm-hmm. it kind of like, since it's my dad, you know what I mean? You don't really like Yeah, I don't really, I don't really count it as one, but technically that is my right, first, yeah. but this is my official first, like mm-hmm. at a random place. I didn't know anyone. Yeah. Um, and I did ministry there for three years and the kids were, and yeah, I still, they're all like your age now or like a little bit older. So, you know, it's been a long time, but um, so yeah, I was doing seminary and serving at that church uh, for three years. And uh funny thing is that after seminary, uh, the senior pastor, I could tell he really wanted me to like stay. So he was trying to figure out a way because he was like, you're too young to do like EC. You're kind of getting up there to do like youth. Um, so he, he, he asked me like, hey, would you be open to going to Korea to do like English, English ministry? Um, it, was, uh, it was Pastor Billy Kim. Uh, he's like the senior pastor. They have like a a Baptist church. It's a Baptist church, mm-hmm. obviously, because I was serving at a Baptist church. Yeah. Uh, and they had a school uh, for kids. And he'll be like, he said, he said, yeah, you can, you'll be like an English teacher there during the week, and then also do English ministry there uh, on the weekends. Hmm. So I really thought about it and prayed about it, but I felt like at the time, um, it wouldn't really be ministry because I felt like at that time, I don't know about now in Korea, but at that time, people would just come in because they want to learn English. I didn't want that. Like, they, I don't want them sitting in English service, not understanding anything, but their sole purpose was just to learn English. So I said, mm. thanks, but like, no thanks. Yeah. Um, so uh, at that time, um, I had another option because an associate pastor that worked uh, at that church, um, like a year before I graduated, moved out to Sacramento yeah. to be a senior pastor. And then he contacted me saying, like, hey, aren't you like about to graduate soon? We want to come and do youth here. Uh, so I ended up going there, right? There's a lot of things happen, but mm-hmm. in, in the, uh, just long story short, I started, I, I, I ended up going there. But um, 
yeah, that's kind of basically how I got started in wow. ministry. And I thought I would be in youth ministry forever. Mm-hmm. Like I, I loved youth. It was like my my first love. Like I still love the youth. Uh, I feel most comfortable, I guess, if I'm being quite honest with the youth, because that's what I've been doing. Mm. Um, but now on this new journey here at this church, doing college and up, uh, it's been great, too. Uh, we have a great group, and um, it's like kind of trading on new, into new territory, because yeah. they're not really youth anymore, right? Mm-hmm. They're a little bit older, yeah. uh, so kind of adjusting to that. But yeah, um, yeah so just kind of going back to our main theme here, calling is so important. Um, because a lot of people, I feel like when I was in seminary, I don't know about you, but a lot of people go into seminary thinking that, oh, seminary is easy and they have nothing else to do, but they want to get an education in something. So they come and join, uh, but actually seminary is really tough yep. and there's the dropout rate is actually pretty high. Mm. I don't know this, all the numbers, but I don't know all the numbers, but, um, the dropout rate is really high. And I still remember, because I was rooming with uh, with three other people. So it's four of us. And one guy, I don't know where he's at now. But like, I just remember he would just play World of Warcraft all day, right? And we we're like, hey, don't you have like a paper dude today? He's like, oh, yeah, don't worry. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to turn it in late. And then he just kept on doing that. He just ended up like just dropping, <laughs> dropping oh, out. No. But there's, I'm sure there's so many other people like that. Mm-hmm. Thinking that seminary is so easy. They come in and realize it's realize it's hard, and then they just drop out. But for those who have a calling, I believe those are the ones who are able to stick it out to the end yeah. uh, and finish school. Mm-hmm. And the ones who have a calling are the ones who are able to continue in ministry without dropping out, so yeah. to speak, or like retiring or giving up. Because mm-hmm. I, um, I think I told you last week, I was reading a book, and they said in the United States alone, 1500 pastors just stop doing ministry per month which is crazy which is a lot right per month um in america alone in america alone and so i don't know i can't speak for them i don't know their reasons i'm sure there's various um but i feel like calling is so important Mm -hmm. right you can't just be a pastor because you want to god really has to call you Mm -hmm. seminary is not like the end all be all for calling but it's it is like it is a test mm-hmm. like it's it's much more difficult than people think like a lot of people like i've even received comments of like oh like but that's seminary like that's not like legit school right but uh oh like, they don't know they have no <laughs> idea like but he, like granted like in their defense like i also had that mentality going into seminary like i thought the only textbook i would need would, was the bible uh, now I've read more books in these last two years than I've read in my entire life. <laughs> and so it's like it's history and it's relearning dead languages and um, like theological perspectives, mm. literary. It's like it's 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 a lot. And mm. it's, um, it, it is tough. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I agree 100 percent. I think a lot of people, they they go into like I even I even talked to uh, some people in my life who were telling me like, hey, like. I, I, I'm like thinking about you know going into ministry like mm. I, like I think that'd be cool right to be a pastor and um I really don't like I'm not I don't know I forget the word that the, the kids use nowadays but like 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 blocking off like a certain like uh hobby or whatever it is like I'm not even trying to do that like I'm, I'm just trying to be realistic and mm. uh, I, I let him know like dude like ministry is not 
fun. <laughs> like it's great and and it can be fun and and uh it's it's so worth it. Mm. But it's but it really is something that you have to be called to. Um like for example, like listening to PE story and this is like the same for me, like I heard snippets and bits here and there. Uh, this is my first time hearing it in full and I think it was so encouraging to listen to. Uh but especially in the fact that like that God I could really sense that God was zealous for PE. Right? Like he he wanted him to serve, whether it be because of the people that would be saved through his ministry or whether it's because simply because of PE, probably both, right? Like but like that kind of like like zealousness and like decision that God has like made, but he's faithful to the decision he's made. Like that's, mm. that's, that's important. And I think that's crucial. Like I, even for me, someone like, like the patience, right? The, the, the people like time and time again, that God has sent and the, the times that I've asked for like signs, like must've been so annoying, but like, I was like, <laughs> no, like I'm still gonna, I'll give you a little something here and there. Right. Like, mm. um, but you have to make the decision. Right. Um, like I'll like I'll I'll talk to some people in seminary and like like we'll talk about calling and and um and uh I don't know like sometimes like I get worried because like they're uh, who knows maybe they'll I I have a friend who went decided to go to seminary and and he received this calling after he went to seminary because mm-hmm. he had he just had this desire to go into ministry and that could happen but like man like some people like their their view of ministry is so is so naive like like I I'd uh, there's this guy who, uh, who I was talking to, and he, he was going to youth ministry, and he knows this is my point of view because we had a conversation after, and I told him this. But uh, uh, he he was he was serving in a youth position, and and uh, he he told me like, uh, yeah, but like you know like, I don't I don't think I'm gonna do it anymore. And I was like, why? And he was like, cause it's too, it's too hard. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's way too hard. And and for me, the only thing I could think about in the moment was like, dude, those poor kids, like, mm-hmm. um. And so like even like being called to specific callings within the ministry, I think even mm. that's a real a very real thing. Yeah. Um, like being called to youth ministry, whether it's for a season or for a lifetime, being called to college ministry or whatever it is, yeah. uh, senior pastoring. Um, because like he he came up to me afterwards and and he was like, Oh yeah, I left that position. I'm thinking of taking this other youth position. But he made it very clear that like he was he was he he didn't want to do youth ministry. That he felt like he wanted to do like adults, mm. so like he was just simply viewing like youth ministry as like a temporary like stepping stone, right? Kind of like to get yeah. Up there. And he was like, "I need the money right now." And I, I I told him straight up, I was like, "Dude, listen." And I think I was in a bad mood that day, but I was like, <laughs> I was like, "Listen, man, like, like uh, for the kids' sake, like if you don't feel like you're being called to youth ministry, like don't take that position." Mm-hmm. And it's because I, I seriously do take take calling that seriously. Yeah. I mean, um, youth ministry is tough. I mean, you're going through it. I went through it. I've yeah. been doing it all the way up until two years ago now, right? But um, if you don't have, like, the calling for it, there's no way. I don't think I would have lasted this long because, like, no. youth is so tough, uh, but at the same time so rewarding. Um, and I honestly thought, like I said, I was going to do youth ministry for my whole life. So I did ministry in that sense. I was just, like, all in. Mm. I was spending time with them like every day uh, doing all these different things, just to, all these different things just to get different youth who have different interests to come to church, to be united. And um, yeah, I just, they, 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 if they are listening, I don't know how many of my former youth are listening, but yeah, I went all in and um, just every church I went to all in. Right. 
uh, thinking that this is going to be what I'm doing forever. And I, um, yes, right now I'm doing like college and up. Um, I guess I should never say never, but I don't see myself ever being a senior or like the lead pastor. Um, but who knows, right? Um, I thought I was going to be youth pastor forever. Here I am doing college and up, which I love. And I'm doing, I'm all in doing college and up too. Yeah. Uh, but who knows, maybe another 10 years down the line, I might be a senior pastor, but I hope <laughs> I like where I'm at now. Right. I really enjoy uh, just, um, just doing, focusing on one specific ministry and just like being able to pour all that I have into it. Mm-hmm. But uh, kind of looking back on just even moving to North Carolina, I, I really feel like that was part of, of course, that's all part of God's plan. Like if I had stayed in Nova, I don't think I would have been so desperate to even call out to God, right? Mm-hmm. I think I would have pursued law. Yeah. Um, and so now I see, oh, God took me into, I guess, the wilderness, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, isolated me to a place where, like, I didn't know anyone and, like, forced me to reach out to him and all to call me into ministry. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's no regrets, right? Yeah. No regrets at all. I, I love ministry. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's easy. But uh, it's it's great. Yeah. Uh, seminary, we we're saying like it's so tough. It, it is really tough. Um, just like so many all nighters, just writing papers. I think my last semester, I was doing like a ten page paper every week um, for like theology. But at that point, I could pump out ten, like, 10 pages. Yeah. I'm like, I had nothing. <laughs> I'm just like my intro. I could make the intro like two pages long. <laughs> yeah. The conclusion like another two pages. So it's really like a six page paper. I'm like, ah, no, no, no big like, deal. You're so good at writing yeah. ten page yeah. papers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I'm like, like <laughs> I, I told my friends like, and it's it was it, it's become the norm yeah. at that point. And so like at this point, it's so like it's like I I just like I just feel like. I automatically think like papers are like long. And so like mm-hmm. I tell my friends like, like, oh yeah, I got a paper to write. And they're like, how long is it? I'm like 10, like 10 pages. And they're like 10 pages. And they're like, <laughs> freak out. And they're like, what? Cause like the longest they write cause of their, their major, whatever it is, like a page, two pages, maybe like five tops. Yeah. yeah. Five tops. And like, they, they like complain about five pages yeah. and like, yeah, like we write 10 pages like on the regular. Yeah. I um, mean, I mean, we've had some longer. I remember right. doing like 15 to 20. Right. Yeah. Me too. But yeah. like, uh, uh, um, but uh, on the average, it's about ten. So at the end, like the the last semester, yeah, I had ten page papers to do, but I was able to do it in like the night before, just pump it out. <laughs> I did it's that like, once. Yeah, just just got, get my music on, get like something to drink, have some snacks. I'm just like pumping it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but seminary is tough. Yeah. Um, but everything you learn from it, uh, I see now it helps. And but the only thing I would say is. Uh, yeah, they teach you all the things necessary to teach, right, and do ministry, but they don't teach you um, more the practical things, yeah. like things that come up in church that you just don't know how to deal with. Yeah. Um, and in that sense, I guess seminary, um, you need more, I guess ministry experience would help with that part. But seminary is so good. If I would say even for those who don't want to go into ministry, but they're just curious about the Bible. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, honestly, I think every Christian uh, should just just audit theology classes, the uh, systematic theology, the hermeneutics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a few of them. I think it'll be good because mm-hmm. that'll get that foundation firm. And after that, uh, you're good. So you don't have to just do seminary just to become a pastor right. or missionary or go into ministry. But just for your own spiritual growth, I think it's very beneficial. I would highly recommend uh, if you have the the time and the, um, I guess the, the ability to uh, to do it. 
is just take some uh, systematic theology. They go through all the beliefs, the foundation yeah. of your faith and hermeneutics, mm -hmm. another big one. So that they, they teach you how to read and interpret scripture. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, yeah. Like I think every church is in desperate need of like good steak, like, like, uh, like seminary training. Mm -hmm. Like every Christian is mm -hmm. in need of seminary training. Right. Um, like, we're filled with people who are, are being spoon fed by their pastor every single week and are barely surviving. They're like rationing mm. out here. I had a friend um, younger than I, but I went to seminary, got my call and everything. And in the beginning, he was asking me how it was. And he was, he was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about going to seminary because like, I really want to go into ministry, but I don't know if God, and he agreed that he needs to be called, right? Mm -hmm. And this is the way I put it to him. I put it to him like very like practically. And I told him like, listen, like you can go to seminary, right? Like, you don't have to go to seminary and become a pastor. You right. don't have to go to seminary and become a missionary, right? You don't right. have to go into ministry, full-time ministry. But I said, but like, think about it, like, practically, right? Like, it's like school. You yeah. have to pay for it. Yeah. Right? Like, you have, if you have the funds and you have the time, then yeah, like, go to seminary. Why not? But, like, he was, he was thinking in terms of, like, if I go to seminary, I have to go to ministry. Uh, no. And that's not true, right? Yeah. Like, you, you can go to seminary. Like, auditing classes, I believe, are way cheaper. Oh, yeah. And you're not being graded. And so, like, right. you, don't, you don't get the joy so, stripped from, from you. Right. You can just enjoy the lecture, you know? Yeah. Because um, you're not obviously going to – you don't need to get credit for it unless you're going into ministry. Mm -hmm. So, you're just, if you're just taking it just to learn, the auditing is – I think – I'm thinking about auditing some. I've yeah. been saying that – like mm -hmm. I get the, I think I mentioned that to you like several yeah, times, yeah, especially yeah. like Hebrew and Greek. I want to audit it again just to like uh, relearn it to refresh myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. But definitely worth worth it because at this point, like for me, since I already been through it, I don't need the credits, mm -hmm. so I can just audit and just enjoy the classes instead yeah. of having to worry about all the homework and exams and yeah. all that all that fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, I, yeah. I I get that too. Yeah. But uh. But yeah. I guess uh, if we were going to move on, um, I think uh, it might be this story. Well, I found it very interesting. I think I think it it would be very interesting to our viewers and listeners too. Uh, but our mission spotlight for today is uh, North Korea. Um, it's a country I think that we're all kind of intrigued with because we know it's so dangerous. Uh, the gospel is not welcome there, obviously, right? A lot of people get persecuted. A lot of missionaries and pastors who go there, they get caught and they get tortured. They, they, you know, uh, they sometimes, you know, just are put to death. Um, but I had a friend, this is way back when I was in college, uh, a friend, uh, his sister, older sister, uh, was going in and out of North Korea. Uh, and that time, I don't know, because things have changed, I'm sure now, but at that time, uh, her reason for going in and out was that she was a professional singer. And of course, she wasn't really, but she sang really well, like way above average. So it's very believable. Mm. So he, she would go in there and like hold concerts. That's what she did. And she'll come out. Um, but she was sharing her stories and that was happening in North Korea. And the... I find this to be so amazing. I'm just like, God, you're just like, wow. Like, you're like so, uh, so above our, you know, our knowledge. But um, she said that they would have like, uh, like trucks um, with like megaphones. And they're going around to all the neighborhoods saying like, you know, you're going to run into people that are going to share the gospel. And they explain what the gospel is. This is the gospel. They're going to talk about this. And this and this and this, how Jesus is the son of God and he died for you and your sin. 
and if you believe in him then you'll be saved and they'll say but that's not true don't believe what they say right so they go around neighborhoods sharing the very thing that they don't want people to listen to in the in the uh, so that to tell them like not to believe it which i found this so ironic they're doing all the gospel sharing for the missionaries really all right and then uh, she also said like once a week they will have in-depth bible study where let's say missionaries will come and you know go through the book of john you know this for example and they'll say like oh missionaries are going to read you john and they're going to say this and this and this about the about the scripture mm. But they'll say, but don't believe it because it's fake, <laughs> right? It's not true, right? Wow. So isn't that amazing? I just crazy. found, I was hearing that. I'm just like laughing inside. <laughs> it's like, God, you're so amazing. Like, we're so stupid, right? We're so foolish. And that you would use uh, that. And, and, you know, you can use like various ways to share the gospel. And you do that with uh, North Korea. I think that's like so amazing. I don't know about what our viewers would think, but... Mm so ironic they they don't want the gospel to be spread but in order to do that they're sharing the gospel saying that this is fake yeah right i think that's amazing and she was just sharing like uh they have to i'm sure this is still true today they have to be very careful who they open up to because yeah. they may seem like they're friendly and they're they're really genuine and they want to seek uh the gospel but the moment you share they they turn you in mm. uh so uh at the same time we have to remember it's a very serious situation in north korea um, so we shouldn't take it lightly, but the fact that the gospel is working in that way, right? Um, kind of using them to share the gospel. I just found that to be like, so, um, it's just so, I don't know. There's so many, I don't know how to describe it. It's like so funny, mm -hmm. so ironic, just so unbelievable. Yeah. Like God the fact that they don't think that that's kind of, kind of intuitive, but yeah, it's just like, God is amazing. That's yeah, that's yeah. my conclusion. It's like God is so wow. So yeah, that's our spotlight. Um, it's just kind of I I was reminded of that because we had a few I, I think like a few weeks ago now where we had a couple uh, pastors from North Korea come and share at our church their testimony. I was just like blown away by uh, what they went through, how they escaped North Korea, just God's hand and and providence and all of that, and it just reminded me of my friend and his sister. So I want to share that as today's. Uh, mission spotlight even like uh not even just for the the people in the streets hearing the gospel while they were trying to oppose the gospel mm -hmm. but even like those like who are opposing the gospel like if you're going to do an in-depth study on the gospel of john then you're going to have to actually study it and know what you're talking about to say like hey by the way this is not true exactly so like, yeah like what kind of what kind of like work is the spirit doing even in the, in the north koreans that are like teaching these like in-depth bible studies yeah I wonder to I wonder train them to teach the exactly them. yeah and so they're being trained also and like maybe like the spirit is like edging them yeah to like to like flip flip sides but yeah uh, i'm sure i'm sure people came to be saved as they were oh, yeah. being trained to teach i guarantee they just of course they won't like vocalize it yeah without a yeah. doubt there's there's, there's so i'm sure there are some that say like this is actually the truth mm -hmm. in their in their bible study yeah, for sure. when the time was right i'm sure they didn't just begin with that but They'll share and be like, hey, this is the actual truth. Oh, that so, sounds exciting yeah. Yeah, to be a part of So that. honestly, like, I, I want to go to North Korea. <laughs> and I told my wife that. She's like, you're crazy. You're going to go by yourself. <laughs> like, uh, me and the kids are not going. Like, she cannot go because she's course, a yeah, Korean, yeah, yeah. Korean citizenship. Mm -hmm. Unless, you know, even, I don't know if she can once she gets her U.S. citizenship. But mm -hmm. for me, I can go. And I've, 
uh, at some of the churches I served at before, there was some opportunity where they were actually thinking about going to North Korea, but it just kind of fell through. But one day, I don't know. Uh, it's just like, I don't know what it is. Like, if I were to go to missions, I don't know. Maybe it's just something about the danger, or also just the, the like the such a need for the gospel in those kind of quote unquote dangerous countries. Yeah. That's the draw. But um, I would like to go to North Korea. Uh, we even my wife and I talked about you know after ministry, like way down the line, um, and we end up you know just kind of retiring from church ministry. Uh, would we do missions? And I actually would like to. And I was thinking like Egypt. Another really? kind of like, yeah, she's like Egypt. And so we're like kind of researching and there are actually a good, good, good uh, amount of Koreans living there. Really? Yeah. Egypt? Then my wife was able to find like blogs and stuff. There's like a small Korean market and like, what? there's, yeah. So I was like, Hey, see, you can speak Korean there. Like I can do, I can share the gospel, but Egypt would be one of those, another like kind of like little dangerous, uh, dicey places. Right, but, yeah. uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know what it is about that, that draw that, draws me to kind of more the dangerous places. Mm. I don't know if I have a chance to ever go, right. but I do have a heart uh, for those. So I think maybe because it's just harder to reach. Something mm -hmm. about that, that's, I just find the challenge, um, willing to accept that challenge, I guess. Yeah, treasures in heaven. Yeah. Jewels in the crown. Yeah, so later if I end up in Egypt, I'll, I'll, I'll hit you up and be like, hey. <laughs> How is it come, over there? <laughs> <laughs> come and hang out <laughs> in Egypt. Um, all right. Well, I have something from the Christian news for mm -hmm. you. I'm just going to read a little segment. Uh, this is from ChristianToday.com. I'm going to read a little excerpt from this. Uh, it says, in a letter sent to the SBC, which is the Southern Baptist uh, Convention, mm -hmm. uh, their executive committee in Nashville and to the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina, Charlotte-based Elevation Church, Elevation Church, uh, which is uh, the church that actually has Elevation Worship. Right. Um, said it was withdrawing its affiliation with the Southern Baptist Convention effective immediately. And so uh, the Elevation Church submitted a letter to the SBC's uh, executive committee saying that they would withdraw from the Southern Baptist uh, Convention. What do you think about that? That's crazy. Well, just to explain, uh, since I, I was at Baptist Church for a while, the, state, the Southern Baptist uh, State Convention is like every state has it. But all the Baptist churches that are part of it, they'll meet together to decide on, you know, like various issues and where they stand together. Uh, and then I think once a year they have a na nationwide one. So they meet uh, everyone from all the states gathered together. That's the big one. Um, and to decide on various issues. Uh, but first, I didn't know that Elevation Church was part of. Yeah. I had no idea that they were Baptist either. Yeah, me too. Um, so I'm shocked. But at the same time, uh, I don't know how how I feel about it because uh, again I don't know how involved they are in the the SBC, um, but I just find it shocking that uh, they were first that they were part of the SBC. Yeah, um, I just thought they were kind of on their own. Mm -hmm. That's that was my uh, uh, assumption, I guess, because yeah. they're so big, mm -hmm. right? I mean, not that the size of church matters. Right. Big churches, small churches, they all can be part of the convention. Mm -hmm. But I had no idea that they that they affiliated themselves with Baptists and mm -hmm. Southern Baptists at that. Yeah, exactly. Because um, from the teachings, that's not the vibe I got. Or even like the method of teaching. Yeah, method of teaching yeah. is very like modern and mm -hmm. like you know contemporary. Right. So, yeah, kind of shocking. I learned something new today. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, they're no longer part of it, so. 
back to where we started right but. <laughs> so, so that's that's exactly why i brought it up right like it wasn't like to attack anyone or anything yeah. but it was just the fact that like i just didn't know right like i didn't yeah. know that they were even a part of the sbc it's like baptist right is one thing but then the sbc is kind of like even more mm. uh kind of conservative and mm. so like i was i was pretty shocked to find that out but i was mm. also shocked to hear that that it was um, Stephen Furtick and the church that decided to withdraw yeah. their membership in the SBC. So I, I would have assumed if I knew, I, I'm sure like nobody knew, right? Like yeah. except for the people that are really into denominations. But like, like I would have, I would have assumed that they would actually not kick him out, but like decide to like part ways, even because of like how different they are in approach right. to ministry and like uh, even like what they teach. And so that's mm-hmm. a big deal, right? Like both of those things. Uh, but they actually, they've been there for a while, I'm assuming. And mm-hmm. the Elevation Church decides to withdraw themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious of the reasons why. I don't think the article says why. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. It is, it was interesting. it is interesting. Yeah. Um, so there you go. If you didn't know Elevation Church was uh, part of SPC, now you know. And well, now we're, it's back to not being a part of it. So yeah, so back to, it back doesn't to matter, right? It, <laughs> it didn't uh, really change anything. Yeah, but. yeah. But that's interesting close off we have a, a reaction video to a just a clip it's a short like three four minute clip of a, a sermon we're gonna watch it i'm gonna rewatch this i've seen this many times before um but uh and then we're just gonna give our our two cents on it and we'll close well, actually before we do that like i know um psk mentioned like he wanted to be an actor and there is this commercial that he shot floating okay. around all right will we, will we ever do a reaction video to that <laughs> I think that would be amazing. Oh my goodness! Did you plan this before? No, 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 no. Now, now, now that hearing your 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 oh, calling yeah. story reminded me of that, so oh, I was like, "Oh, I let's do a rea- if oh, we get man. like any comments wanting it. If we get a significant <laughs> amount, I won't put a number, but if we get a significant amount, maybe down the oh, line. Yeah, sure. Down the get, line, if we get enough, because it's an amazing commercial. I think it's such a waste that it's hidden. It's kept hidden. <laughs> Wait, have I shown you this commercial? Yeah. Oh, I have. It was, yeah, oh, okay. it was. Yeah. Oh, I remember, but I loved it. But uh, it's a, it's such a waste to have it hidden. The world should see. No, my youth PSK's kids. The acting skills. It was amazing. Really, <laughs> no, no. it's a commercial, commercial acting. I got paid for it. Yeah, uh, it was for a university. Um, but my youth kids, they like, they want, they're dying to see this. Yeah. for those who haven't seen it. So, but sure, I'll do it. All right, yeah, all right. Okay. But let's all react right. to this one. Okay, this is Francis Chan. Um. Former head pastor, turned missionary, turned uh, preacher, mm. um, in the sense of like he's like going around the world, mm, guest like guest speaking. speaking. Yeah. Uh, he also, I think, he runs like a house church, a home church. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's still going on, but uh, but I know he's pretty controversial. But I I appreciate this man for his mm. genuineness, his love for the gospel. Yeah, um, you can really see it. Yeah, like yeah. he wears his heart on his sleeve. Yeah, and so no, no matter what anyone thinks, I think and I. This is this is my guy. Mm. Uh, so we're gonna react to a, a clip of him from years back. All right. All right. Man, it would be so nice to preach wearing like wearing that. Man. Instead of suit and tie. Yeah. So restricting. Yep. Man, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Mm. 
So true. Man. With the music in the background. Mm. He's so genuine. Mm. What I noticed about Francis Chan is he he stresses video. He stresses the the little things. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about from uh from your devotional, right? Like reading the words of God, he harps on that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh unity has been his like big kind yeah. of thing lately. Um, like your love for God, mm-hmm. like very like Sunday school topics. He'll like take that and he'll blow it up. He'll yeah. like he'll make that the the main thing. Right. And I think that's that's something about that is like so so uh so peace giving mm-hmm. and like it uh I think that's part of why he's like so sincere and so mm-hmm. genuine. 
um it like feeds the soul is what i'm trying to get to yeah. say when you like focus on like things that are so like maybe simple but mm-hmm. like so uh fundamental right uh, to the christian faith yeah uh i think i agree with like everything he said like uh it's true we can't say we love god and we're just kind of like just sitting there dreading maybe some of us just dread going to church just sitting through service yeah because uh, we're just looking forward to the fellowship after i don't know but we should there should be evidence that we love jesus if we say we do right, right? just like we see evidence what francis chan used when we're when we're dating when we're in love it's, we don't have to guess it's so obvious that two people are in love and they're dating each other mm-hmm. uh, is it that obvious that we love god uh, can others pe- can other people see it uh, i mean how can we be apathetic or emotionless or just just dry if we really love god and uh, the fact that he said like oh if hillsong comes is it's like packed and prayer is it's only a handful uh, i just reminded of when paul was reprimanding the church saying like you say, oh, some follow Paul, some follow Apollos, but they're just men. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's about God, mm-hmm. right? Maybe we've, it's, we, that still goes on today, yeah. right? If it's elevation worship, if it's Hillsong, we're like, oh yeah, we'll go. We're not really going for God. We're just going to go see that this amazing, you know, praise team yeah. uh, or worship team. Um, and same with the same with the preaching. I saw that in uh, our seminary because in seminary. Uh, you have ch- chapel Tuesdays and Thursdays, and it's kind of required. You have to go X amount of times per semester. Mm-hmm. And every time David Platt comes, it's like packed. I mean, seriously, packed. If you don't come early, like you're just going to have to stand the whole mm-hmm. whole service. But if it's someone else that's lesser named, it's like, I mean, it's still pretty full because it's, attendance is kind of mandatory. Yeah. Uh, but it's you could tell there's a big difference. Mm-hmm. And so it's in the same way, it's like, are we going to Sunday ser- service or are we going to attending like a like a revival or something because of a speaker that's coming or because there's a certain praise team or worship team that we like that's coming? Mm-hmm. Or are we truly going there to seek God? Yeah. Right. And if we're going there to seek God, it shouldn't matter who's there, yeah. right? Uh, whether it's me preaching or Francis Chan speaking, right? It should be a packed house, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it should the the man the person shouldn't matter. And even um, at the end when he was saying, "Oh, I didn't like it," that's not the standard. Right, we don't worship when we feel like it, or because we like what's going on. We worship because He's God, and we're commanded to worship, and mm-hmm. we love Him, so we should worship. Yeah. Uh, it's all about Him. Uh, at one point, I don't know when it has turned into uh, what I want. the The standard has become my standard is right. So I didn't like the preacher. I didn't like the sermon. I didn't like the songs. So the worship was bad. That's not <laughs> our standard. Is not important yeah it's about god so uh, i really agree with what he says like it's just been on my my heart for particularly the past few months yeah i'm trying to revive worship uh trying to rethink worship uh trying to get people excited for worship all because if we truly do love god we should be excited Mm -hmm. it's like there should be a sense of anticipation we talked about that we we talk about worship how like we anticipate we get excited and get all dressed up and for a date do we have that same excitement for coming to church or do we just throw on whatever is clean and then just kind of wake up and just kind of leave, you know, to, yeah. to, to service or the flip of that, you, you, you do put attention into like what you wear and stuff, but yeah. it's to elevate you yourself. Right. right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree with, uh, with, 
with uh, what Pastor uh, Francis Chan was saying. Was, mm-hmm. That's a good word. It's yeah. very true. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess in closing, if you like, comment, subscribe. If you want to see this infamous, um, uh, this infamous commercial, commercial. that PSK shot is uh-huh. comment in our ig i think tiktok's gonna go up soon mm-hmm. uh and our youtube channel uh comment if we get enough we might we might do a reaction video we might do an unveiling i don't know we can make that like a main segment maybe it was just like <laughs> analyze and critique uh, would psk have succeeded as an actor <laughs> or or not i don't know but uh, we'll see what we can do. I think it's a shame that we kept it. We keep it hidden. This amazing commercial. <laughs> All right. Yep. All right. We love you guys. I had a good time. Yeah. Uh, we'll me be, too. We'll be back next week. All right. Take care. See, see you guys. next time.